Welcome back to the Weekly Blowout Podcast. Uh, it's episode 19. You have myself, Josh, and Lockie on the podcast. Uh, and unfortunately, um, for all this isn't out there, Nathan, uh, he's had to drop off the podcast, uh, just like the Broncos. He uh, probably won't be back for another year or two, and, you know, no one's going to hear from him. But, no, he, uh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, he, um, he's had to step away for the meantime, and um, hopefully we'll see him back in and around the podcast soon enough. Might even get him on as a special guest when the Broncos start winning again because that way he'll start watching footy. <laughs> that one well, um, podcast will win that one game. Yeah. Yeah, if they beat the Roosters again, we'll hear from him. But uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, um, it's just it's just me and Locke from now on. Uh, so we'll, we'll obviously strive to work towards and give you guys some some good content, some good uh, you know, good podcasting and, and some quality banter and shit talking about Plenty of teams aside from the Cowboys, stay away from them because uh, you know they're the NRL's uh, babies, and no one says a bad word about them. How can you not? How can you not love the Cowboys? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Uh, but anyway, I we'll, uh, we'll, um, we're 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 gonna go from from this episode anyway. Going forward, we're gonna have a bit of a, a change in the way that we um we do the podcasting. Uh, we're just gonna have. Obviously, uh, the 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 round that has gone. So we'll have a round review of all the of all the games, uh, and then we'll have a, a middle section in there where we're starting up a new segment, segment called uh, <laughs> called Simbin Send Off and Six Again. There's a lot of S's in there, and uh, you know I'll get through it. But basically, what that is 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 a Simbin is uh, you know ten in the bin. Go away, think about what you did, come back uh, and do it a bit better. Uh, send off is you know cut that out of the game completely, and uh, six again is keep doing what you're doing because it's obviously working. So we'll uh, we'll elaborate on that a bit more when it comes to it. Uh, but and then we'll, we'll finish off uh, the podcast with a preview of the round coming up. And obviously for all the punters out there, whatever you do, don't listen to our tips because I'm pretty sure none of them actually come good. Actually, no, that's a lie. I had a good one a few weeks ago when we first did it. I had uh, Coates and. Uh, felt scoring and the Cowboys kicking a field goal and did not get up. And that was a good well, day. what happened good the last day. week? I bet on. That shit the bed, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, just <laughs> just to uh, touch on that, right before the, the Penrith Bulldogs game, me and Lockie uh, were just mucking around with bets and I picked Penrith to win by 13 plus and I picked all of the favourite Penrith uh, try scorers. So it was, you know, Toto, uh, Matt Burton, Kikau, uh, Nathan Cleary, uh, I think Jerome Mullo was in there as well. Yeah, we and had him as well. With, like uh, with 20 minutes to go. <laughs> 20, 20 minutes in the game to go. I think only like kick out and got over it. <laughs> 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 it was, it, <laughs> he wasn't good viewing. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put yeah. it that way. But uh, how you been anyway? Lock, you been good? Uh, yeah, buddy. Only work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. So two long weekends in a row. Yeah. Pretty happy with that. But oh, yeah, can't complain. Beautiful weather up in Queensland. So. Yeah, mate. Every day's a weekend when you're in lockdown down to Victoria. We've just got ours extended. So. I'm holidaying down here, mate. I'm loving it. Uh, Michaela <laughs> brought up. So we went for a drive out to Kenilworth um, today because I had, oh, I suppose, this National Donut Day. So we went and tried to get some oh, hell yeah. donuts from the. There's a really well known donut joint out there. Um, and when we got up there, obviously they sold out of donuts. But on the way back, um, we're talking about it. And it's apparently Krispy Kreme in Melbourne have free donuts um, for donut day, but obviously you guys can't get out and get your donuts. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, how, <laughs> you know how many uh, donuts I got for donut day? 
A big fat donut. Zero. <laughs> I've got none. <laughs> Wait, oh, absolute stitcher. I couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. And you know what? The the worst bit about it too is that obviously Origin been moved to Townsville, which we'll touch on anyway in the podcast, but uh being moved to Townsville, it's now taken away from Melbourne. So they um they uh there's talk of Melbourne getting the origin back in twenty twenty four and twenty six, I believe. because uh, they must have it scheduled. Surely they've got it scheduled, you know, where they're going. I think they're going to Perth next year. But uh yeah, they played yeah, a Perth look, last year as well. And Melbourne. Oh, it might be no that, wasn't that Adelaide? No, they played at Perth last year. Maybe it was year before. Oh, maybe they're going to Adelaide. I'm All not right, too sure. I can't remember. But, but yeah, they must have some yeah, it's, uh, schedule of where they're taking games. But somehow they bargain that we get two back for losing one. But chances are we probably won't be in Melbourne in 2024. So well, this is the question before. That obviously, obviously, we tuck into orange stuff uh, later on the podcast. But does if the Origin is successful in Townsville, will we see Origin go back to Townsville? Oh, probably not, man. Just given the capacity of the stadium so the capacity of the stadium is twenty five thousand, but they're adding additional seats so that i think they're adding adding an additional five thousand seats yeah, I, with I just think, like extended i like the idea of it being in Townsville. like obviously north queensland's rugby league country and it's that like they live yeah. and breathe it up there and absolutely apparently the tickets sold out within 15 minutes i have a i have a mate he sent me a screenshot of ticketech and on the when when you went to log in, it said you know you're joining the queue, and it came out with a, a little bar, came out with a little bar, and the bar had it was supposed to represent where you were in the queue, and you were a dot, and at the dot you're at one end, and then obviously you move up to the queue, and then underneath, I shit you not, underneath there was a number, and it said you are number this in the queue. It was twenty five thousand. It was number twenty five thousand in the queue. He's getting the I, I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, good luck getting a ticket, mate. And he did, he, he wasn't able to get tickets, obviously, but yeah, man. 25,000 in a queue trying to buy State of Origin. But if dude have gone that I'm crazy actually... over like buying tickets for State of Origin North, in North Queensland, like that, like the players, or not players, the fans want to be, want it to be there, want it to be back there. Like, yeah. I think if it's successful, yeah. I think it should go back there. I think, look, I think, like, I think they should be. Well, well, yeah, to, I mean, take it, look, Suncorp and, and ANZ are great stadiums for footy, but. I do agree that, you know, you take it to a town like Townsville where they live and breathe rugby league. Yeah. You know, instead of taking it to like Adelaide and Perth where, yeah, there will be a crowd, but a lot of it, the majority is going to be traveling. You know, yeah. You're going to have guys, you know, people traveling to the origin, you know. You're not you're not going to get, like, I can guarantee you the atmosphere at game one is going to be insane. Oh, I was, I remember a game, uh, it was the 2015 semifinal against Cronulla up in Townsville. And we almost didn't go to because we were driving to Brisbane at the time. But I remember going, it's the most hostile crowd. I've been to an origin. It's the most hostile crowd I've ever been in, man. Like everybody at that game, every single person, aside from probably 30 Cronulla supporters, they all want to blood, man. Like, and like you said, that they Townsville just lives and breathes rugby league. And they they were hostile. And I think we won the game 30 to 6 or something like that. And I'll tell you what, man, like from the get-go, it just it just put Cronulla off the game. And I can guarantee you, even though Suncorp, you know, you get the crowd, you still get a lot of people traveling up from New South Wales to get to Suncorp. But Townsville is a whole nother ballpark, man. And I guarantee you that atmosphere at that game is going to be so hostile. Like you will not want to be a, a blue supporter going there. Yeah, even though it's like it's probably not going to bring – that much money or like it's not going to bring in the same amount of money that uh, they would make at say um, like the MCG or anything like that. But I like the idea that origin is moved away from major cities, not so much major cities, but more into the, you can't say rural communities, but like say Newcastle, 
Townsville. Yeah. Yeah. Like Canberra even. Canberra. Yeah, Canberra. Would, the hard bit. The hard bit about Canberra though is that it's freezing cold. Like it is so cold during State of Origin there. That warm up. Yeah, I know, but you're gonna kind of get a. It's gonna be like wet. Yeah, it's gonna be like yeah. a wet game. So well, you're that's not like Melbourne get... though. It's just past winter, yeah. and Melbourne hasn't really yeah. got out of winter since 1996. Point, um, yeah, that's like, a good point. It, like there's but always. I heard, I heard somewhere that uh, Townsville paid eight million dollars to the NRL. So the Townsville government paid eight. Yeah. Paid eight million dollars to for the rights to host State of Origin. Oh yeah, that's the. So right, that's man. that's why. Because they reckon that obviously with all the people going there, they're going to get tourism. They're going to get money back through you know people spending money, you know, foods, parking, hotels, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. That so they reckon that the money they're going to shell out for the economy um, is going to bring in a lot more money than what the eight million dollars that they'll spend for Origin. Well, it's kind so of good for tourism Australia. Part, obviously, tourism Australia sit there, put out ads about traveling within Australia this year, bringing money back into yeah. the rural communities. Like yeah. obviously, COVID doesn't survive in heat. I don't even know if COVID even existed mate. in Townsville, but um, yeah, mate. apparently uh, it only exists in Melbourne. It's a place <laughs> in that coronavirus fucking thrives, mate. And here we are, like, <laughs> oh shit! I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, right. I was talking to this um, previous week. Let's get stuck in, or mate, do you want to lead it? Uh, no, yeah, like, let's just talk about the mighty Brisbane Broncos, the one and only, the Premiership winning team. They literally <laughs> shit the bed. <laughs> they have like, shit the bed. You know what? It's it's made even funnier that I think a lot of the Broncos supporters were watching Nico Hines carve the Broncos up and they were like, Oh, he's coming. Yep. He's coming, boys, he's coming he's next coming. year. And then he signed with Cronulla during the week. <laughs> did, did you see that coming? Uh no, but this is this is my point. Uh this is gonna be my uh sin bin. Um Okay, we'll get to that later. With, yeah, when we get to that, that's going to be part of my symbiote. I think that's going to be my send off. Um, but is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like the storm, mate. Like you can't, you can't go past them with with any team that they play. Like I was so against you last week when we were talking about like who's going to win again. Obviously, Penrith or Buddy Melbourne, like with the top two. But yep. they haven't had Munster for like four weeks, and they still yeah. they can still put points on. I mean, like, well, I know like the teams they've been playing haven't been in the best form, but still they just, they come out and they work. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is, is, is you look at uh, Penrith, yeah, Penrith have been putting scores on people, but they have, they've had a full team. They haven't had any injuries or anything like that. Whereas Melbourne yeah. have, Melbourne have had injuries and yet they're still posting similar scores to Penrith. And I, that's ridiculous, man. That's, it, it's, it's it, it's such a credit to Melbourne, even though I hate saying it because Melbourne, like they're always there or about. It's such a credit to the way that they've developed their team and their, you know, their junior pathways and things like that. That they can just they can like they can do things like this, man. It's insane. It blows my mind. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, question for you: Do you think Melbourne are better this year than they were last year with the retirement of Smith? Uh, yes, I think they do. I think they've got a better system with obviously. Uh, Brandon Smith and Harry Grant doing their little one-two switcheroo. But, like, I think there was so much hanging over Melbourne's head to – or there wasn't oh, – not so much hanging over, but there was a lot of pressure on Melbourne to win the premiership for Cameron Smith, who, like, he was going to retire. He, like, I think the whole playing squad yeah. knew that, they were, like, he was going to retire. I reckon he would have spoke to the playing squad and be like, boys, my last season, like, I'm not going to sign anywhere else. I'm not going to do the dirty on you. Yeah. Let's get out there. Let's – 
play some good footy, win the premiership, and then I can obviously retire on a win. And I reckon, yeah. I reckon that would have been hanging over their head and there would have been a lot of pressure for them to come out and perform. And obviously they did come out and perform and they won the premiership. But like, mm-hmm. I think this is a lot better. And especially because through injury and like I said before, through injury, their backup players are still putting on or playing like as good as footy as if they had a full squad. Like they were missing yeah. what Dalfinukan, Munster, Grant, um, bloody hell, like Kafusi like as well through suspension. Yeah. Like, yep. and yeah, they, they still put points on. Like they, they come out and they play so crazy, as if nothing is different. Nothing's changed. Nothing's wrong. So hmm. yeah, yeah I, it's I, insane, yeah, man. It's I think they're a lot better and they'll keep getting a lot better. Well, yeah. Imagine what they're going to be like when they have the full squad back. Yeah. You know, we saw glimpses of it at the start of the year, but I feel like, uh, you know, a couple of those guys like Harry Grant, he probably was carrying an injury for majority of that. But even then, it's like Melbourne was still hung over from the previous year. Like, there's the start of the year wasn't too good for them. Like, they beat the Rabbitohs, I mean, think, over 50 points or not even over 50 points. 20, they towed us up. 18, yeah. round one. They towed us up. They lost to Parramatta. Yeah, they And like, then yeah. round three. Oh, that round three was that, that ripper of a game between Penrith and Melbourne. And then ever since then, it's been, you know, Broncos 40 to 6, uh, 50 to two, uh, fifty to 18 Bulldogs, you know, 20 to 4 uh, Roosters. Like, they've just they've just piled the points on, man. And, like, they've scored, I think I read somewhere that they uh, they ha- they now hold the record for most amount of 13-plus games one in a row. So they they're just they're just annihilating teams, man. Absolutely blowing them out of the park. It's I can't wait. I cannot wait to see them back in a position where they're sitting or they're finishing fifteenth or sixteenth. I don't think that's going to happen for the next fifty years. But I don't think it's going to happen while Bellamy's still there. I think once Bellamy leaves, the I think the intensity around the club's going to drop a little bit, and and they will kind of dip in form because you know everyone. You're like you can only have the older guys come in and try and hold the culture for so long. It has to be driven from the top down, and yeah. Bellamy does that. He does that really well, and you know there's a, there's an aura around him that he's the fucking master coach, and you know like all this sort of jazz. But but is that where the Broncos go wrong without having any of the older blokes there to build that culture? No, I think I think the Broncos. I don't think Walters is the guy to take the Broncos out of this slump. I think that he. He got put in there to try and bring the culture back and bring the old boys back, but not to bring good football. Yeah, I think that 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 the, all the talk was with Seabolt was yeah he's a coach, but he's not a man like he's not a man manager. You know we need to bring the old boys back and all that sort of shit. Maybe Seabolt had a point. Just yeah. he, okay, hear me out here. Maybe Seabolt had a point, right? But he just didn't fit in with the Broncos ethos of we just want to go and get pissed with the old boys on the weekend. He didn't want to do that, right? So let's imagine. Um, uh, like Todd Payton with the Cowboys at the start of the year, they were getting flogged. They got they they lost to the Cronulla like forty eight to four or something like that. Like it was embarrassing, but he stuck to his guns. He held true all this sort of stuff. And but all of the chat outside of the club, outside of the the playing um, roster, was that he's doing the right thing. This is the guy for the club. You know, you heard all the the older Cowboys guys say it, you know, all the Cowboys legends. But on the other hand, Seabolt, they started losing the cup. They they won their first two games like in COVID yeah. last year. They started two and zero. They beat the Roosters and and I think it might, might have been the Bunnies actually. Um, 
but they started 2-0. It was that COVID thing that happened, and then they, they lost a couple of games in a row, but all of a sudden the pressure was on him. And instead of the old boys coming out and being like, we need to stick with him, he's a good coach, he knows what he's doing, they were just like throwing him under the bus, man, and then it just become a toxic team. And and uh, Walters, he obviously, it's no one, no, I don't reckon there would have been any coach putting their hand up aside from Walters because, well, would you, aside from Green, I think they had Green and Walters to pick from. Yeah. Well, and they that's probably why you were so successful at the Rabbitohs. Like, you took Rabbitohs to, what, the prelim final and then yeah. yep. got uh, rookie coach of the year and then obviously they did the yeah. buddy, once again, one-two switcheroo with Bennett yeah. and buddy Seabold. And, yep. I mean, like, where you got to win, win either way. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you did. You did. The bunnies come out well on top because what I think happened was the bunnies bought into it because they had older heads there that that realized, like you know, you had your Suttons there, you had like English was still playing, and that that would have seen what Seabolt was doing and thought, well, this guy can actually coach, so we're going to buy into this. Yeah. And then they won good games. You go to a younger club like the Broncos, and you get all the old boys offside because you're like, no, we're not getting pissed on the weekend. Apparently, there was a story that I heard. We're getting a little off track here, but apparently, I, there was a story I heard that uh, Seabolt. I stopped some of the younger guys going to like a, a beers lunch with the old boys because they needed to focus on football. And all the old, 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 all the old boys were like, oh, this is shit. Like, you know, they can't even come out and have a fucking beer with, you know, the club legends and shit like that. And it's like, that's the problem yeah. is that you want these guys to come out and just be bought. like, they want you to be your mates. And then on the weekend, they get towed up and you come out and go, well, they're not playing good football. Of course, they're not playing yeah. good football. Because it's not you like just want to go out and get in the fucking beers with them. The game's changed. It's not like how it used to be back in the day, obviously, where you can get pissed the night before, or Munster can do it, but you get pissed the night before <laughs> and rock up the next day, play good footy. Like, you don't, yeah. it, like, the way I see it is if you play shit footy, you don't deserve that beer. You play good footy, go, yeah. you know, like, what, um, Bloody Bellamy said on the weekend with um, obviously them getting told the day before the game um, that they'll have to stay up in Queensland or stay in New South Wales because of obviously the COVID down in uh, yeah. Victoria. And that didn't yep. stop Melbourne Storm whatsoever. That like They still came out and put put points on it. Bellamy said in the yeah. post-match press conference, like it's a lot of stress for these boys to find out that the day before the game. So yeah, yeah tonight they, they, they've earned themselves a couple of beers. They can go out and have some beers. Enjoy themselves, enjoy themselves. Let their yeah, hair down. And a, we'll come back next week. They're on a bye week, aren't they? No, they're not on a bye week. Nah. I thought they were on a bye week. So. Um, yeah, they can I mean, imagine up. that two weeks up on the sunny coast without having to play a game. Jesus. Oh, uh, Brandon Smith will go crazy. No, he Actually, yeah, he would go crazy did, because yeah. he won't have bloody Cameron Munster with him. <laughs> anyway, mate, well, uh, <laughs> enough about the bloody Broncos. We'll uh, we'll get on to what I believe, wholeheartedly believe, and I even said this last podcast was the absolute perler of a game, the game of the round. Uh, Cowboys getting over the Warriors 29-28 with an absolute bomb from Felt. Uh, not Felt, uh, Valentine Holmes. He, that was almost a two-pointer, I reckon. He was probably half a foot. Like they should have given him a two-pointer. Buddy four-pointer. nearly went to the second level of the Buddy Stadium. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's legends about that, that ball still floating around Townsville <laughs> or somewhere. It hasn't come down yet. Yeah. It's, it, that thing was still, it was it was on an upwards trajectory, man, by the time it hit the goalpost. It was ridiculous. It's still going. That yeah. was insane, man. It was, yeah, I agree with you, dude. It was a, that was a cracker of a game, eh? You know, the the thing that, like, a lot of people, yeah, they saw the field goal and that was the talking point and stuff like that. But what really, really impressed me about the Cowboys that game was um, Hill and Lukey, that, the chase down yeah. for Reese Walsh. And I know Reese Walsh scored, but that dude, he's like 19 years old, man. He's a front rower. There is absolutely no way that you should be chasing down a superstar, speedster, Reese Walsh, man. And Reese Walsh was clear. He had, yeah. you know, it's not like he's slowed down. And this dude just come 
fucking pairing out of nowhere, man. And I tell you what, if I was Reese Walsh, I would have shit myself. <laughs> I would have seen that dude coming and being like, I'm, I'm dead. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> how's the in the bloke? Obviously, he got turned, like, he had to turn around and chase. Like, that's that's hard yeah. enough to do as, it, yeah. as, like, as is. And for, yeah. yeah, like, a big bloke like that to chase down Reese Walsh, like, that, that it, how it, And he folded him like a launcher at the other end. Yeah, how easy would it have been um, for him just to look at Reese Walsh and go, "Nah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna try and reach him." And that's a, that, know, like, that's just, that's a good attitude for a club as well. For even a young player, like even Jordan Ricky. So Jordan Ricky has this good attitude as well. Like he, he does play some shit footy at times, but like to quickly go back to the Broncos, he said before he signed the long term contract, he did like even as a young player, he didn't care if they were like losing. Yeah, he wants to sign and stay with the Broncos, and obviously that's pretty good, but. Back to, yeah. um, uh, is it Luke? Yeah, Lumi? Luke? Luke? Uh, Lukey. Lukey. That's yep. like, for him to obviously sit there and turn and chase Reese Walsh down mm. rather than sit there and just be yep. like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm not going to bloody, I'm not going to chase, I'm not going to catch him. Like, yep. that's that's hard. And that is, that is, that yeah. is good footy. And that's what you want to see from yeah. young fellas. You don't want to see him give yeah. up too early. And he, like, an extra 10 metres, he would have, like, he would have, he would have obviously. Stop the I reckon. I reckon if I reckon if if he uh, if he fell differently because when Lukey yeah. grabbed him and pulled down, he fell on his side. If he fell differently, Reese Walsh wouldn't have been able to bounce off him and score. Yeah. But yeah, like when when you talk about like a hundred percent effort in rugby league games, and there's a lot of talk about this effort things like that. You know, you could say the game's brought up into you know like forty percent defense, thirty percent attack, you know, twenty percent uh, stamina and fitness or whatever. But there's like they always say one percenters. And one percent is like the tiny little things that you do in a game, like, um, like Thurston chasing down a kick, you know, or or, or you know, like Inglis, or even now Tom Travojevic hovering around that middle of the ruck. Yeah, that's a one percent up because that's an effort play, and like that the hit, that Lukey chase down was like a point one percenter. Like that's you you never see that, and that's the thing. But that's the things that you see that, and then everyone else in the team goes, "Holy shit, that kid is here to like play." The efforts there, you know, and as a coach, I, I questioned Todd Payton when he was going to debut him because I hadn't really seen much of him. I saw a little bit of, you know, like uh, uh, like schoolboy footy and stuff like that from him, but it was kind of like uh, I thought there might have been guys that were ahead in the pecking order when it came to debuting or, or even playing at the club. But Payton said he'd done all the right things, he ticked all the right boxes, he had the right attitude and things like that. And I, I guarantee you, man, he's Luke is quickly becoming like my favorite Cowboys player at the moment. I know that even though, you know, we have superstars like Holmes and Tumbalolo and that, this, there's just something about like the effort that he gives to the Cowboys that you don't see. You, you don't see anywhere else, man. And it's like, that's what I, that's what I'm really enjoying about watching him play football is he goes out and he really does, you know, put his heart and put all this effort into it. And yeah, it's good to see, man. It's good to see as a Cowboys supporter. Well, touching on bloody Tumbalolo there, has he lost his mojo? No, you know what I think it is. I, I really do think that Todd Payton is managing his uh, his output. So I think Tamalolo, you know, we're used to him running 250, 300 meters a game, that sort of thing. But that was what he was good at. But that was all the Cowboys did is that they just give him the ball, and that's why he racked up, you know, 300 meters. He's still a wrecking ball, and he does score some great tries, and he's hard. You know, he's, he has some tough carries. But I think he really needs to. Like uh, I think that's what Todd Payton's doing is he's. he's um, He's trying to minimize his output so that you can maximize his output yeah. at the end of the day. You know, like if, if he if he plays 70 minutes of, you know, right in the middle where he's running 300 meters a game, at some point that's going to give and he's, you know, like he's going to start wearing down a bit. And like I, I really did question at the start 
of the season when Peyton, after the game one, after when Peyton said, I'm, he's thinking about Tamalolo for the future. He doesn't want to burn him out now. And then, you know, because we, we signed him on a 10 year contract. Yeah. I think he's five or six years through that. You know, he's still got four years to go, man. And he's only getting older. If we just keep using him as a battering ram, at some point he's going to give. And then we're going to be stuck with a bloke who his, his body's fucked or, or something like that. So I think while. Uh, I didn't agree with it at the start. I think it's kind of made a bit of sense now where you look at how well the Cowboys have been playing lately. Yeah. And they're still nowhere near like a top four team. But considering where they were at the start of the year and where they are now. They're playing consistent um, footy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? At, at times, they look dangerous with the football. Yeah, you know, they they're do. not afraid to play what's in front of them. And, and you know, they're defending well at some points. Obviously, in, in, the, like the Warriors game even, you know, they, they did fall apart and, and it kind of turned into a bit of a tri-fest. But... You know, it's it was good to see him not drop their head and and you know give up on the game. But well, Reese, we'll, uh, Reese, uh, like the thing that gets me with the Cowboys, is, and I've I've seen it a couple of times from uh, Reese Robson. He does play a little bit of selfish footy, yeah. which like you see, there's option plays to the left. Like say if like, say if uh, Fido Matabia Fido makes a break or something like that, they'll be wide open left, and I'm pretty sure this happened actually, and he went right. He either went right or he yeah. went himself trying to be greedy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, oh yeah, instead I'm of playing that about. selfish sort of – like, I, that kind of turned me. Like, he's a good player, but I just don't think – I'd rather – yeah, I know you'd hate this, but I'd rather start Granville over him, eh? I like, I like oh, how man. Granville plays. Lately, I think his confidence is a bit, is a bit shot. That's why he's, like, he's been making so many errors. Because he had two drop balls this game, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, um his confidence is look, a bit I kind shot. of agree – I, I do agree with you, man. Like Reese Robson's good around the middle, but he's he just lacks a little bit of polish at the end of the day. But yeah, yeah Granville, I like I like Granville, man. I I think he's great, and he he has had a bit of a resurgence in his in his form in his career, but the back end of it anyway. He had a kind of dull few years there, but anyway, man, we'll move on to the next one. Um, the Tigers getting over the Dragons, thirty four eighteen, which actually kind of surprised me. I I had tipped the Dragons in this one, and they screwed me because this was the game that. Uh, cost me my perfect round. Thank you very much, West Tigers. <laughs> yeah, well, the Cowboys um, fucked me on my perfect round, so. <laughs> Stitch up. Yeah, well, now, yeah, actually, no, sorry, I lied. I, I tipped the Parramatta, so. Um, but, look, what can you say about this game? It was kind of a bit of a, look, man, it was a bit of a dud fest. Yeah, I like, yeah, it's not really, I don't know, they're, they're not, really putting on like a performance. They're more just there to play. Get yeah. it over with, get the two yep. points or lose the two points yep. and just move on yep. to the next week. They're not, they're not coming out and yeah. actually playing for, they're not, they're not playing with heart. They're just playing because they have to play, which is does more that, frustrating. Um, and I don't know why does the that the Dragons to... drop bloody Dufty A. Uh, yeah. Uh, mate, I, I can't, I don't, uh, that's, that's actually my sim bin, okay. but we'll get onto that. But, I um, I I just don't like. We just literally just talked about those effort plays and the passion that players have in clubs and things like that. I can't see any out of the West Tigers or the Dragons. You know, think, there's uh, no real like juniors there that that yeah. that are well, they're good players anyway. There's no real good young players or, or or even older players that are passionate about the club because they started there and debuted things. It, oh, oh, man, I just don't. I don't like. I don't expect much out of these clubs this year. You know, I know that that uh, I think they're hovering around the eight anyway. But a lot of teams are hovering around the eight, to be honest. Oh, West Tigers aren't sorry, but you know the Dragons are. But 
I feel like that's more of a uh, they've kind of fallen into the eight. They haven't really uh, they haven't really earned the eight yet. No. Ever since Ben like, Hunt broke his leg, I think that's when they started to decline. They were playing some good footy before that, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of like yeah, the right. Eels effect where they start good and they go shit to the, towards the back end of the bloody the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. But we'll uh, we'll press on anyway. Yep. Uh, to the uh, this, this actually this game surprised me. I definitely thought, like we said in the the start with the sports bet, we thought this would have been an absolute bloodbath, but. Uh, Penrith thirty to four over the Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs really showed some uh, resilience in, in stages of the game. I know that there's consistent scores, you know, third minute, but the next try is a thirty eighth minute, right before half time. I remember watching this game thinking that if the Bulldogs can go in to half time down by only six points against Penrith, that's a win. That's that's as good as the two points in my opinion. Oh man, that's, and a, that's then obviously a, the second half is a bit different, yeah. but that's just the quality of the team. That's a win for a team that's sitting sixteenth against. The team that's fitting, like finishing first, like still yeah. going go into the sheds at what 12, 12 nil, that's pretty good compared to when the Panthers played the Rabbitohs. We were down by twenty points, so that's a boost for the Bulldogs, man. Yeah. I think the Bulldogs, like they play, they're playing footy and they're playing consistent footy, but they're not winning. Like they just don't have the, like you said, they don't have the finish, they don't have the little spark at the end of the play. Like, do you think? Um... Do you think it, it was a uh, instead of it sort of being like the Bulldogs played good? Do you think that it's because Trent Barrett has insider information on the way that Penrith play? Yeah, they because would, they, in, wouldn't, they honesty, wouldn't have changed their form. They, like they, if, yeah. if they don't break, don't fix it. So they wouldn't have changed yeah, anything exactly. from last year. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. So, with so, that. so yeah. yeah, so do you think that that it was kind of an insight into how to beat Penrith? Yeah, it would have been, but they just couldn't that, finish. Oh, sorry. Do, yeah, I was gonna say. Do you think that now that means that uh, Penrith are more likely to lose games? No, God no, they won't lose no? games. Man. No, that, I think they next week maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm. I don't know. We'll get we'll touch on that, but um, I don't think they will. No, God no, man. They they because like you saw when the Panthers played the Broncos, like the Broncos sort of figured out a way to get around them as well. Like they kicked a toe, yeah. they didn't kick stains or anything like that. Like yeah. They, yeah. I don't know what they did, but they they somehow. I I and, really feel like it's they yeah. they kicked a toe and took him out of like the first or second play options. Yeah. So if you you know you kick the toe and then you make him you know like take that first hit up, you eliminate his case because that's what a lot of Penrith players these days are saying that toe. He's like an extra middle, like he's an extra forward. He comes in, he makes tough case. Like at times, he's making you know 180, 190 meters a game, you know. And uh, from a winger, that's unheard of, you know. So he, aside from obviously, if you make plenty of breaks or whatnot, like Adokar usually gets that if he makes a couple of breaks. But uh, you know, he comes in and he has like twenty carries a game, man. Twenty carries a game for a winger is ridiculous. But he comes in and he does the hard work, the hard yards, and his set starts are so good that I feel like if you if you play Penrith, you have to kick the toe. You have to. Like there's, there's forget forget the other wing. There's no such thing as the other wing in the fullback. Like Dylan Edwards and Corey Staines, as far as I'm concerned, uh, not uh, Corey Staines, Charlie Staines. Charlie Staines. As far as I'm concerned, uh, they don't exist. You yeah. just kick to toe. But even because... then, like they weren't just kicking to toe. They were finding ways to shut down their plays, like their offensive plays. And this is just, like, this is the Broncos I'm talking about. Sorry, like they found yeah, yeah. ways to to shut down Cleary. No, sorry, not Cleary. Cleary, uh, yes, Cleary, yeah, Cleary. Um, Cleary and Lawai and I don't I don't know what they're doing, but like the Bulldogs, I think yeah, yeah. like you said with um, Trent Barrett, he would have he would have had the inside information because 
like you're not going to yeah, change no the way you play footy if you're if you're successful no. at it. Why would you? I think it's more or less just they they didn't have the quality in the bulldog side. I reckon if if you put if you match those two teams up in terms of quality, I think the bulldogs get over just because of the Trent Barrett insider information. But yeah. we'll uh, push on to the next one, the game that fucked me again. Uh, Bunnies taken on Parramatta, thirty-eight to twenty. Mate, this was a good game. I like this game a lot. I I thought that uh, Gagai has turned the origin switch on a week early. Yeah, he always does. Man, he does it every year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is with Gagai and Origin, but he just goes like honestly. How do, how does a center or a winger, depending on where he's playing, how the hell does he get man of the series? Oh, dude, like, he, how does he, a winger he get... played fucking good that year. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but like, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's not like credit to him. Like, like, oh, yeah. how does a winger do that? Yeah, no, how does yeah. a winger come in? Like, it just the 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 the, the Queensland Origin level is sky miles above any other player on that field, man. And it, it, we'll get into the Origin in a sec, but uh, like, it just it blows my mind, man. That he just has like, this extra level. Last year we had a joke uh, with one of my other Rabbitohs mates. Um, the joke was like obviously Gags wasn't playing too good a footy after Origin, and he he yep. piped up and said that he needs to chuck the Queensland jersey underneath the Rabbitohs jersey, and he might start playing some good <laughs> footy. But no, he has like it's kind of like the the thing that we spoke about last year as well, where players that are coming up to a contract extension or coming up to the end of their contract or Origin or selection for Australia start playing or international footy start playing good footy to obviously get yeah. selected. But obviously you're not going to get selected if you play two weeks of good footy. You get selected. Is that a is that a is that a um is that a culture problem though? Like, oh, do you think it's a, think cult, it's a or culture. character problem? No, I don't. I don't think it's that. I think just people to switch off and play football rather than play good football. Play. How do you word it? Play for the, not so much a selection, but just play your best footy you can. They come out and they. Yeah. It's like when we're in the army, dude. Like people are there for a paycheck. They're not there to be. In the yeah. Army. But yeah. Oh, if, you know, like our listeners didn't lie. All three brothers were in the defense force. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I thought this was a good game, man. Like, it was good to see the Rabbitohs obviously come back out and play with the form that they usually should be playing with. But yeah, like, it, like this is where the Rabbitohs shit me too. Is they're not consistent with the way they play footy. Like we're going to be screwed next year without Adam Reynolds. Easy to say. Like you have yeah, Adam, who's the come uh, head, and then you got Cody, um, who's obviously the one that just plays eyes up footy and backyard footy, or whatever you want to call yeah. it, and. Gets a ball out there, and we need we don't have we won't have that sort of calm head structure around the team. I like the idea of Cody having the uh the, having the reins, which when Adam yeah. was injured, he did pretty well at that. But yeah. Cody's going to burn out way too quick if he uh if he doesn't have that that other half that knows. Yeah. Well, like I like I said to you um, last night in the messenger, we, I look, I'm I'm kind of getting. It's at that point now where once Reynolds goes, I really start sort of focusing on Walker and how much of an influence he's going to have on the game. Given that he's not going to be able to pick and choose his moments anymore, it's really going to be up to him. Yep. And taking on the ball more means that you're going to obviously take more shots. You're going to get hit more. You know that sort of thing. Like, do you see? You know that taking a toll on Walker and that sort of reducing his playing, uh, like shelf life. Yeah, it does because like you, it, you look at what him and Adam have at the moment. Like 
they've obviously been playing together for the past what three years, four years, four years, I think it is. Yep. And yep. they've clicked. They just they know how each other works. So now when Adam leaves, Cody has to learn through either Blake Taff or Dean Hawkins, whoever comes up in the mix, they have to start. Obviously, they're going to gel because they do training and that stuff together. But like, there's no yeah. real sort of match fitness together. Like, there's no they're young you, and they don't really understand the cool head sort of side of footy would, that they need to bring. Okay, yeah. In saying that, would you? Because let's let's be honest here. It's it's a two horse race in the Premiership. I think. Yeah. Would you bench Reynolds? No, God no. And then build for next year. No. You wouldn't. No, I. I think he deserves to see out the rest of the season with uh, with the rabbits. Like he's been there for the past twelve years. He's a rabbits. Yeah. He's a, yeah. he's a he, South junior. Like, yeah. I think it's. I think that's him. that's pretty fucking disrespectful if you're gonna bloody drop him or just bench him. Yeah, that that would be pretty hard, wouldn't it? Jesus. I'd like to see Benji get re-signed and play at the seven. Then you got two two floating five eights, essentially. Yeah, he probably will, man. I oh, mean, I, I like I reckon the rabbits like the rabbits will will re-sign him, but. If they don't get uh, Sean Johnson, I'd like that. I'd like that. I think that I think obviously Sean Johnson has kind of plateaued in the way he's playing footy at the Sharks because they're just the Sharks. If he yeah, comes to Rabbitohs, I think I think Demetrio obviously learning off Bennett would be able to change the way. Not so much change the way, but revamp the way Sean Johnson plays footy. Get him back to the New Zealand Warriors stage where he's playing flamboyant yeah. footy. But yeah. he, like I think they need to, they'll need to change him in a way where he plays that calm-headed footy like Adam does, and let Cody do what he does. So yeah, we haven't really. I wonder if it's going to be about the game. We've just literally talked about the Rabbitohs. Um, but the game was good. <laughs> but uh, Parramatta, Parramatta kind of worried me a bit, man. Like. They haven't looked convincing in games like at all since since the first couple of rounds. Like, yeah, they do I it just, every year. Yeah, I, every year, it's yeah, just, I know, yeah, like a steep incline and then a steep decline. They need like you, okay, where right if, needs if to do something at, about it, eh? Do you think Parramatta are going to stay third? No, God no. I think given I they're think on eighteen points. The so Rabbits they're on 18 points, yeah. right? Rabbitohs are on 18 points. Roosters are on 16 currently right now before the bye. Roosters are on 16. Dragons are on 10. Uh, Manly 12. Cowboys 12. So I really do think that uh, I can see Manly pushing up further if they can keep their form up without Trevojevic because it's going to be a rough period now. But I don't see the Roosters going really anywhere. I probably think they'll finish around maybe fifth. I'd... If anything, I'd probably see the bunnies and the eels swapping places, but you know, the, it's still going to be a top four finish for Parramatta this year, and and you know, that's a that's a win in my book. I think I think with yeah. the ladder, with the ladder talk, I think I'd really like to see Manly finish third and then Rabbitohs finish fourth. Yeah, like Manly deserve it, yeah. but yeah, we'll get onto their game soon enough. But yeah, there's a look at the ladder now. It's it's actually quite hard to to kind of pinpoint who's going to be where. Like we yeah. obviously know that the Panthers and uh, Storm are going to be up there, but like who 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 slots into the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth? Like, look, I think I think the Warriors will be thereabouts. I know I'm a bit biased, but I think the Cowboys, if they keep playing this same style of football, yeah, because I'll like I said, it, like I said it out at, at the at the the season preview at the start, I looked at it purely based on uh, if a team played now, would they win? If a team played now, would they lose? And then if I said yes, I bumped them up. 
If I said no, I bumped them down. You know what I mean? So that's how I eventually come. And looking at the ladder now, I see, I see like the Cowboys can beat everyone under them. And I think above them, you know, like they could beat the Dragons. So I think, okay, well, Dragons, Cowboys have finished seventh. And then I look at Manly and they go, well, they could beat the Dragons. They could beat the Roosters. They could probably beat the Bunnies if they played right now. So I'd push Manly up to third. Right, I think the bunnies could beat the ra- the roosters, the dragons. You know, I, I think they could beat everyone above them, bar Manly. So I think bunnies are probably finishing, you know, fourth. Parramatta at the moment wouldn't beat the bunnies, and then you know, like they they'd slide down too. You know, so look, uh, man, I don't know. I look, where do I see Parramatta finishing? I think bottom of the top four. I think they'd probably finish fourth because while they haven't been playing great football, there's no one else. There's no other team there, really, that's going to stop them from finishing in the top four. Yeah. I think. But we'll move on to the next one anyway, mate. Well, uh, this is a bit of a weird one, but uh, Roosters 44 uh, over the Raiders 16. The Raiders starting very quickly. Uh, you know, they, they, they scored two tries in the first, you know, 25 minutes. And, you know, like the Raiders do, they look kind of in control for a little while, but then they absolutely shit the bed and, and the Roosters just run in a, you know, what's that? At one, eight, eight tries. Eight tries, and then Ryan James got one in, in the middle there somewhere. But uh, look, the look. what do we say about this? Raiders are a basket case, and Roosters um, are a top eight side, and they showed that today. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know, like like you said, the, the Raiders had a had a pretty, uh, pretty good start, but they obviously dropped off the... I don't know. I actually don't know what to say about this game. It's just like... Yeah. It's it, it been exactly how I thought it was going to go, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But just touching While on the Raiders... into the role. Some that came out, oh, I read today, actually, uh, was about George Williams, who is apparently not... Oh, he's apparently home, he's homesick, but apparently homesick, if little quotation finger marks. Um, he's up at the Gold Coast at the moment. Yep. Look... Well, you know, I, I read that article too that you're talking about. I think, uh, I think he's staying in Australia to try and sort that legal issue out because he, I think he's taking a legal approach to the Raiders about uh, how the contract ended. Yeah. So I think it's a legal thing. I reckon he's staying here until that legal thing, and he doesn't want to be in Canberra because who the fuck wants to be in Canberra right now? It's freezing cold. You'd rather go to the Gold yeah. Coast where it's nice and sunny and and beautiful weather. So that's yeah. where I think it's happening. Look, I really just think it's it's the the journalists that we both know who we won't name, uh, I think he's just taking pot shots at, at George Williams now and he will continue because the the journalist felt attacked when George Williams came out and said that it was all a load of shit. So. Yeah. But, you know, that's um that's for them to figure out and, and we're just here to watch footy, mate. So, But uh, next one, um, this one surprised me. Cronulla Sharks taking on the Titans and absolutely tailing them up 38 to 10. Jeez, this was a bloodbath, mate. Even though the Titans scored early and then they scored very late, they scored the first and last tries. I still think that, the, man, the Titans. You know, I'm, I I definitely take back that the Titans are going to finish in the top four this year because I think they'll finish. I don't, they won't play finals. No, what I'd like, I think it gets me as well is obviously Sean Johnson makes his bloody game or his first game back for God knows how long, and they put on thirty eight points to a team that was playing some pretty good footy. Then they proceed to obviously say that he's free to leave or free to look at other clubs yeah, and re-sign yeah. Matt Moylan. Like that, that? That, that, like that blows me away. Moylan hasn't played good footy since he played at Origin. 
I, well, I really don't know what, what Fitzgibbon sees. Because obviously the half's pairing. He said that Nico Hines is going to be the 5'8", yeah? Yeah. So who's the half? Moylan's not a half, man. No. It's just <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, he, like, they're all talking about Fitzgibbon being like the next super coach. But if this is the kind of shit that he's going to do... The Cronulla are in for a rough ride, man. I reckon. I seriously think they should have just stuck with Morris. I think Morris, for the 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 uh, talent that he had available in his club at the time, I think he did a pretty fucking good job, man. And even to even finish in top eight last year with all the injuries and shit they had, credit to him. You know, he's he's a decent coach, mate. But look, that's that's about it. Titans of basket case. Cronulla got a good win, got on them. Uh, but we'll move on to the upset of the round. Um, Newcastle defeating Manly 18 to 10. Now, big talking point out of this game was Des Hazard coming out after in the press conference saying that Newcastle were ably assisted. Do you think that warrants a fine? No. God, no. But he's attacking the, the, the character of the refs. And to the letter of law... That's a that's technically a fine, is it not? I don't know. Mate, look, oh, I don't God, think so. This, I think, look. This just brings back the debate the... of fucking putting the bloody referees on in front of the media for, to answer questions. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. coaches are going to get frustrated. And, like, how do they vent? They, don't, they can't just go back into the bloody into the sheds and actually rip into the team. They, like, that's not a good venting way. That's not a good way to vent your thoughts. Like, they can't go home and have a go at their missus or yell at it. Like, not yell at their missus, but yelling the direction that misses is about the bloody referees. Like, it's fucking frustrating. Yeah. Like, fans see it. Players see it. Coaches see it. But somehow, Batterell or bloody, the referees don't see it. Like, this brings me back to the whole bunker thing. We spent, what, $2.4 million on a bunker that can't sit there and get in the ref's ear with, like, when a play has happened. Like, they're doing it now, but, like... Yeah. Pipe up. Say something. The like, thing that, you, the like, thing that annoys me is what they're doing now, watch though. The game. Yeah, the thing that annoys me about that, though, is that they're delaying it too much. It's like, it'll be like three say, or four yeah. tackles later. Yeah, and they'll pull it up and go all the way back downfield. Yeah, they, they obviously but have like 7,000 screens in front of them. And they have like, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Hire like it, three or four more people where you can sit there yeah, in the bunker and you go, all right, sweet, this play happened. And if anyone sees yep. something wrong in a play, automatically have like a little clip of thing. You just zip it back into like a main screen. You can look at it and he can go back. Yeah. And it maybe that maybe yeah. it might be one tackle ahead. You can bring it back. Yep. Or yeah, if, if you play it, you can be like, "Oi, forward pass!" Or yeah, you can't really yep. go on forward passes yet. But no. oi, you drop the ball in the, no. in, the, in, the, in, the in the in the scrum, or you drop the ball in the yeah. In, 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 but in the look, play. Uh, frustrating. Yeah, mate, but this look, is what really upset me. Like that, that game really yeah. upset me. Like, I thought the Manly were going to go on a bloody absolutely savage winning streak and fucking beat the Panthers, but they actually yeah. shit the bed against the Knights. Yep. I. I honestly, if I was a betting man, I would have put my house on Manly to win by 13 plus in that game, and I'm glad I'm not because I would have lost it all. But yeah, they've got buddy Connor Watson, who's usually playing at lock or off the bench as a utility, playing 5 8, and then Phoenix Crossland oh, coming in at like, 7. Connor Watson is like the ultimate utility. Oh, dude, like, he's a good player. It's just insane. Shit for fantasy, but, but a good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that. But uh, yeah, that, um, that wraps up round 12. Uh, the the reviews of the games and and um, just before we get stuck into our next segment and the tipping we'll uh we'll actually we'll we'll, uh, we'll get our simbin send off and six agains so 
Uh, Lockie, what are your sin bins? Well, so what my is sin your bin, sin bin for the round? My sin bin, it's not for the round. It's for the past week where yep. Green has selected Reed into the Origin squad and then dropped him, which yep. like it blows me away because if something happens to Harry Green, they're literally going to be like, psych, we're bringing you back, buddy. Good joke, hey. And then... Yep. Now we've got Reed again. Like, why wouldn't you keep yeah. him as like a like like number twenty one or twenty one man? Like, put him in an extended squad. Yeah, keep considering him. the um the uh the injury clouds that that Queensland have, I kind of feel like they've uh they have selected an inadequate squad as far as depth goes. I think the squad they have is good, but I think as far as depth goes, they're it's probably a little light on. You know, considering that Harry Grant hasn't played, Munster's carrying an injury. You know, like Ponga was there, but they also named Holmes and Felt, so kind of they had an inkling that uh, Ponga wasn't going to be able to play, and that that made sense when Ponga pulled yeah. out. But yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. My Simbin, however, is uh, is Kevin Walters uh, his his approach to coaching in regards to the media. So what I mean by that is is we've seen it a couple of times this year where, uh, like with Deedon and with um, Fafita last year and now uh, oh, with, with the three-player swap deal that was supposed to be happening, well, that has happened with a two-player swap, um, he, he, he tries to portray himself as Wayne Bennett in the media where he comes out and he's really cryptic and, you know, all over the shop. But it's not working for him. He just sounds like an idiot. He just sounds like he doesn't know what's going on inside his club. And then even in, in post-match conferences and things like that, like a couple of weeks ago, he said that the when they beat the Roosters, that the Broncos had turned a corner and how fast, fantastic is this? And, you know, like we just need to build on this. And then they come in and get towered up by the Melbourne. Like it just doesn't he's, – he's, he just really needs to be honest and open and just not sound like a dumbass, to be honest with you. But that's my sentiment. He needs to go away and work on that and come back and – not be so cryptic and weird about coaching, but what's your uh, what's your send off lock? What's something that you absolutely don't want to see anymore? Uh, back on the Broncos. Broncos are getting the flogging. Um, <laughs> just the Broncos' poor recruiting scheme. The way, like the way they're throwing like little cash at big name players. Like obviously, I think it was like one million three year deal for Nico Hines. Yeah, that's like, ridiculous, man. And that's it's a, that's it, stupid. Like he deserves, I think he deserves I even, more. And I even yeah, think like Cronulla got him on a bargain deal, considering how well he's been playing at Melbourne. Yeah, but like even that, like even it's not just about like their recruiting scheme and how they throw cash or the way they try and sign players. It's more about letting players go as well. Like they let go of Reese Walsh and um, Sam Walker as well. Like yeah. Sam Walker would have been like, yeah. and Reese Walsh would have been a perfect fit for the Broncos squad for the up and coming, like to, yeah. to build the squad. Like these yeah. players Even have gone and played for other teams now, and they've absolutely shined. Like they, you, you can't get them out of the media. Yeah. I mean, Sam Walker not so Fafita much anymore, as well, but yeah, for Vita as well. Like why? Like why aren't you yeah. keeping these players? That's yeah. my. That's my. And who in who who in favor are you keeping them for as well? Because there's no better yeah. prospects. At the club, as far as I can tell, mate. But I agree with yeah, you with if, that if, one. But if, my, if they can believe in these players, why not believe in these players and start them, not let them go? You, you know what gets me is is Reese Walsh got let go because he uh, wasn't ready for first grade, and Azarko was. Azarko was in front of him at the pecking order. But I can almost guarantee you, anyone in their right mind would pick Reese Walsh over Azarko at the moment. Yep. But 
Uh, my um, my send off is the treatment of Matthew Dufty at the Dragons. It's poor. I think that the re- he's such a confident. Hey, I said it's unexcusable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, mate. It's terrible. Like the, the, he's such a confidence player. Where if he knows that he has a coach's confidence and all that sort of stuff, he comes out and he plays his best football. Unless he's trying to prove a point, which we'll get into in a bit, but. Uh, Look, he's an X factor for the Dragons. He's absolutely an X factor, and he can do things for that team that not a lot of people can. There's no, there's no other player in the Dragons squad, as far as I know, that has the speed and has the ability, or just has the knack for scoring tries that Dufty does. And I just, I don't understand. This is like the second time I think they've told him that he wasn't wanted, and then they, I, could, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they back the boy in. To be yeah, I wouldn't, no, be I wouldn't be surprised if they re again. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, that's that's um. What's your? Uh... Oh, sorry, man. I was just gonna. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I don't like the idea of what they're doing to the club. Like, yeah, a player who's been playing good footy. Like, why? Like, there's there's other players you can drop. Like yeah, Norman, absolutely. One. Yeah, yeah. But, there's plenty of guys in there uh, that yeah. aren't pulling their weight, mate, compared to their contract. But yeah. All right, mate. What's your um? What's your six again? What's your play on? My six again rule. It's kind of like a. It's a double edged sword here, but. I really like the like the not the idea, but what NRL's doing with obviously player safety and the the head highs, yep. the crackdown on yep. that. But this is the other side of it. The NRL needs to now look at the offending players, not offending players, sorry, the attacking players, and when they put up their blockers, they put up elbows when they run the ball. Yeah, like it's pretty much the exact yep. same thing as copping a head high. Like they've yeah. they've cracked down on obviously like the the defense, but they start they now need yep. to start looking at the attack. Because there's a lot of players yeah. that are putting putting their blockers up, and players are getting uh, forceful contact to the head. So, yeah. Oh, mate, yeah, I absolutely. That's my agree. again. Yeah, mate, I absolutely agree. I think that a lot of players lead with the elbows, and they they can get uh, defenders in a bad position. And and look, they knowingly do it. As a defender, sometimes you know when you're scrambling, you you, can, you might get yourself in a bad position, and you might not mean it, or whatnot. But as an attacker, you. you you know where you're going. You know what you're doing. You yeah. know, like there's there's no accidentally getting your head in the wrong position. Like you're the one that gets your head there. Like, but my uh, my six again play on is uh, is the <laughs> it always happens around Origin time. But the little you know Queensland niggling injuries or the Queensland illness. Danke guy today came out and said that he's in hospital and he's sick and. Uh, that's that's my little that's my little six again play on is that I just I love the little mind games and things you know the smoke and mirrors and all that sort of stuff that happens around Origin where you know everyone in the everyone in the team gets a stomach bug or some shit on Tuesday afternoon you know like it uh it's always fun it's always good stomach, you know um, like it that's Cameron Munster taking the boys to the pub <laughs> yeah yeah oh absolutely is, mate. yeah we're all in the hospital they're, they're actually down at a pub called the hospital. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I love it. I no, love I like it. the idea. I mean, I, I, I think it's good. I think it throws throws um it's, it throws people off. The media, the media does get around it too. And I do like what actually yeah. the Queensland are doing and getting it out to the rural communities and, and getting to see the fans. Yeah. Whereas the bloody New South Wales, they're just going to play golf. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't golf. know. I love it, but get out I, and see uh, the fans. I, yeah, yeah. Like at the end of the day, the product is suited or tailored to fans and. You know, even in New South Wales, I don't know how much they get out and do that kind of thing, you know, around around New South Wales and that sort of thing. Obviously, 
Blue supporters would probably know a bit more about us, but we're both Queenslanders, and and as far as we know, that there's after Queensland, there's no other state until Victoria. So, you know, there's just a blank hole where shitheads live. Yeah, they yeah they I don't know, backwards down but, there. Uh, but, two yeah, look, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, look, mate. Well, we'll um we'll get stuck into a quick little preview of the um of the round. Uh, and by the time we've recorded this, actually, for all the listeners out there, there has already been uh, the Thursday night game played. It is currently Friday night at the moment, seven uh, eleven. If anyone wants to know, ironically enough, but uh, we have just witnessed the Dragons put an absolute score on the Broncos and led by none other than the guy I literally just spoke about, Matthew Dufty. Given I had picked his uh, sin bin. Uh, well before this game, thank you very much for everyone listening. I didn't just pick it after last night, but uh, look, where to where to where to go for the Broncos? I know we've talked about them plenty enough, but the Dragons they they're so hot and cold, and and they can really put a score on teams. And like I was speaking to Lockie last night, and they just the, some of the the tries that they played with, they just had so much speed and so much. Uh, you know, they were playing well and truly over the advantage line, and for the Dragons. That's the kind of footy that they need to keep playing, you know, and they need to keep playing quick Adelaide footy because they don't defend. Like, we all know they don't defend, but if they score points, they can really take it to some teams like the Broncos who, you know, aren't in the same position and, and put on 52 points like they did. You know, it's it's pretty nuts, you know, watching yeah. what they did yeah. last night. But. I expected a lot more from the Broncos, obviously, with um, Tyson Gamble coming back because when they played a player, it was the Roosters, where, yeah, Tyson Gamble and Albert Kelly... Yeah. Put on a performance. I expected that from the Broncos, and yep. obviously they didn't perform, which, like, I don't know. Everyone else probably would have thought. Do you do you think that was do you think that was just because, uh, like, the new halves pairing Albert Kelly wanted to come in, and plus the Roosters are just due for a bad game, just due to injury and things like that. Oh, yeah, not really. I don't know. Like, it's just the Broncos really need to sort out what the fuck is going on with their halves pairing because, trust me, when Adam Reynolds comes in next year, and then you chuck in Katoni Staggs, who's playing well in the centres. They're just going to yeah. play the exact same footy they've been playing. Like Adam's not going to yeah. come in; just they're, they're magically going to win games just off him. Yeah. the The problem with the Broncos is that they're defensively bad. Yeah. And Adam Reynolds is, is not, not defensive. A defensive half. No. Like he gets inside you know, out every fucking week. Yeah, shit. yeah. Right. Like they scored twenty four points last night, right? Twenty four points usually might win your game of football. Yeah, but not when you're leaking fifty two. Like that's mm-hmm. not your problem. Your problem isn't scoring points. Your problem is leaking points. And well, that's what obviously, buddy, with the whole Duffy situation, Duffy obviously put on a buddy a masterclass yeah, and proved the club that yeah. he can play footy. And I think yeah. the Dragons at the moment are going to be shit themselves. Going fucking, what yeah. have we done? Oh no. I am. Um, I. Oh, what did I see? I, oh, no, sorry. I saw that uh, apparently the Broncos literally right after the game approached Dufty's manager and uh, and inquired about his services. So, Why well, wouldn't you? I They're probably going to offer him 200000 a year. Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> okay, a, a good question, actually. Would they offer him the same amount that they offered Nico Hines? Would you pay Nico Hines $300,000 and then pay Matt Dufty $300,000? Or is one of them worth more? Uh, I would probably... Sign Nico Hines over Dufty, purely for the fact that he can play in multiple positions. Dufty is yeah. good. He probably could play in multiple positions, but he's yeah. solely a fullback. 
Yeah. Nick Hines is solely yeah. a fullback, but he can play 5'8". He plays utility like he has been doing with the Storm. And even when Pappenhausen's back, he comes yeah. off the bench and he makes a fucking good impact. It's kind of like Benji yeah, for the Rabbitohs. He just comes in as a floating 5'8 or floating half. Yeah, or, or even a lock there, but, but yeah, no, I, I I like the idea of Nico Hines. I probably think but, look, speed speed's such an important game, but also his ball playing, and Nico Hines has got the ball playing ability there anyway. But uh, Duffy, well, though, um, Duffy we'll can throw a ball. Yeah, but I don't think he has like the I don't think he has the 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 ball playing ability of a half, whereas Hines does. Like it, obviously, it's not as polished as other halves, but he he is able to, you know, read plays and recognize plays and, and make the right decision more often than not. Where I think Dufty, I think he is more of a, I'll try it and see if it works kind of kind of player. Yeah, but, but I he'll, mean, just, I'll, he'll just... I'll put it to this way. Is, is Nico Hines good because he's with the Storm? And like Dufty's shot, yeah. Dufty, like he he's like the shining light of the Dragons at the moment. Like he plays, yeah. he, like he, week in, week out, he plays consistent foot, consistent yeah. footy. But Nico Hines, yeah. obviously with the Storm... And the Storm are good. Dragons aren't good. Storm are good. Is he you, only... Uh, okay. Is he a polished I turd, think, essentially? Probably the easiest way to put yeah. it. <laughs> I think, um, I think we won't see the same Nico Hines next year. No. I think the Cronulla played, uh, paid overs for him, and fair enough. They they had to, you know. But I think we won't see the same Nico Hines next year in terms of how, like, the quality of football. Like, there'll still be you know, like moments here or there. But could you imagine if someone like Matthew Dufty went to Melbourne? Like how good a football he'd be able to play there. I think he'd be ridiculous. Yeah. But they have Pappenhausen. And Pappenhausen, again, I think if if Dufty was at Melbourne, I think Dufty would be the Pappenhausen of Melbourne. Essentially, yeah. Like Coates at the moment is playing yeah. good footy, but he's going to be playing at another fucking level when he goes to the, bloody, goes to the Storm. Yeah, yeah. He's like only going to get better, man. Only George Jennings. Better. George Jennings, who came from the Rabbitohs, played, played good, some good footy. Went to the, went to the Storm. Remus Smith? Yeah, Remus Smith. Yeah. Bro, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Branko Lee, dude. Branko Lee was just like a dud centre at the Bulldogs, signed with Melbourne, and then he played for Queensland. Yeah. Like, he, he was in the conversation for Australian. Like, what the fuck, man? This, yeah. It just doesn't make sense what they do down there. But... Uh, we'll, we'll push on to the next one, uh, the next game, 7.55 tonight. Uh, West Tigers take on a very depleted Penrith. Tonight, as in yesterday, Friday, because it's going to be uploaded on Saturday. Oh, no, I might try and upload it tonight. But right, Oh, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, no one's going to listen to... Fucking 7.30 at night. Yeah, no one's going to listen to an hour podcast in 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> oh, kicking goals. <laughs> Um, as you can see, this is a high quality podcast. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Only the best. <laughs> Only the best. Um, but yeah, obviously, this uh, you'll be listening on Saturday or Sunday, and Penrith would have quite clearly won against the Tigers. No, Are you I don't sure? Know, this is this is. No, I, I look. I don't know. I really don't know. I still can't believe that Penrith are favourites. So they're a dollar fifty favourites, two dollars sixty. But mate, I, I could see the West Tigers winning this one. Like yeah, um, I actually nah. I gotta go. I gotta back the bloody um, the Panthers here, dude. I think the Panthers are gonna become the next Melbourne Storm with their backups are gonna be as good, just as good as their their starting their starting team. Like they got yeah. obviously Matt Burton, who's moved from the centers into five uh, eight, which that's his primary has spot, he... his preferred spot. Tyrone May. Hang on, oh, yeah, I don't think. The... Hang on. What? Has has he actually been moved? Yeah, Matt Burton's playing six. 
You got Paul Momorowski who played for centers last week, who is a center. Like it's not really there's no really big changes by Tyrone May, Matt Burton and um Mitch Kenny playing. So like Matt Heisenberg uh, usually yeah, plays. Okay. Sorensen usually plays. Yeah, yeah. Tyrone yeah. May usually Look, plays. Like there's uh, literally still... Dylan Edwards back in the squad. Like you can't in that like literally Kiri goes off when they're obviously flogging teams and Tyrone May pushes yeah. into the seven, like yeah, it's still going to be the same consistent footing. I think they're going to win, but I think Adam Dewey's obviously going to be the shining light of the Tigers as per usual. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think you're right, man. I don't know. I've been re- this is this is the tough one for me. I've been really tossing up all week about whether I take I tip Tigers or Penrith because you know, like I know that Penrith are Penrith, but mate, they've like they've they've got a lot of players out, but they do have quality that okay, you know what? I'm going to take Penrith, man. I'm going to take Penrith. Like, yeah, it's hard to go past them. I think if they win tonight, it will it will solidify them as the little brother of Melbourne Storm, where their 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 yeah. their reserves have been. How do you word it? Their reserves are like nearly as good as their the, starting. Their squad. reserves would would start at other teams. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, which is ridiculous, man. Which is ridiculous, but. Yeah, look, I'm I'm tipping Penrith. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be a close one, but I still see there's a bit of class in Penrith that aren't there at the Tigers, and and I think like I think also a bit of a fitness thing as well. I think I think Penrith are extremely fit, and you know they'll just be able to outlast the Tigers, I believe. But could be saying that. I mean, we could be sounding like idiots because the Tigers might have won by thirty points. Who fucking knows? <laughs> you know, at this rate, but again, mate, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, 7.35 on Saturday. Uh, Storm versus Titans, mate. Who have you got in this one? Uh, I think it's pretty hard to go against uh, go against the Titans here. Like, Go against the Titans? No, I'm kidding. Oh, shit. They're, they're missing their whole squad, essentially. In Tino, yeah. Fasil Malawi, Fafida, yeah. Fodawaka, and like, Alexander Brimson. They're missing the whole yeah, squad. You, yeah, you look at like okay, other teams, you know, like Melbourne are missing Munster. And Harry Grant, you know, like the Cowboys are missing homes and, and felt and that sort of thing. But when you take literally every good player out of a team that the Titans have done, like, mate, I know they've got like other decent players, but they're, 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 they're that's their top four. Like, that's yeah. the best players in the Titans. You know, there, there's no, like, you know, you don't have any other, like, uh, uh, Nelson or Sofa Solomonas or anything like that, or Brandon Smiths. Like those four players are the Titans play. Like the, the the Titans absolute best players without a doubt. And to take them out of your squad, and considering how the Titans have been going lately, I really don't see. Uh, I look. I think this is another like storm by a million. I think. Are you surprised that bloody Jared Wallace didn't get selected in the Origin squad? No, I, I think I think the Titans players only got selected because of their names. I don't think they got selected because of their form. Yeah. So I think uh, while Fafida does have some good patches and games, I don't think he's been consistent enough. Tino's been injured, so we haven't been able to see what kind of football he's been playing this year. AJ Brimson is battling a hip injury, so he might not even, uh, you know, he might not even play at this rate. And uh, Fodawaka, uh, he, I'm pretty sure he's starting off the bench now. He's not even the starting front row for the Titans at the moment. So. You know, I think it's purely off their names. I don't think it's off their their playing style at all, man. So that's what I think. But uh, how do you see that one going, mate? Obviously, you're you're on the storm. Yeah, blow up by storm again. 
Yeah. And I I'll probably put uh Nico Hines down for a double. I reckon. I reckon it'll be in for a big one. But uh but we're getting stuck in the last one, obviously the last game, and then we'll wrap the podcast up. We have Newcastle Knights up against Parramatta at four o'clock. Uh, down at McDonald's, McDonald's Jones Stadium in Newcastle, mate. How do you see this one going? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you got obviously Dylan Brown come back for the Eels, but also, geez, that's a big in. Yeah, they don't have Blake Ferguson or Junior Paulo. I thought that the Knights would actually start Jake Clifford, but he's in an eighteenth man. It might change throughout the like throughout this weekend coming up to Sunday, it but has to. I don't it know. Has I, to, man. <clears throat> um. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I'd have to go. I'd have to funny. go. Eels. No, it's funny on NRL.com, They've still got Clifford in a Cowboys jersey. Yeah, it just looks odd. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna go with the Eels, dude. Yeah. Look, I think I think the Eels just have a little bit more than the Knights do. I know the the Knights beat Manly last week, but Manly were well off their game, and I think um, I I really don't see Newcastle. Like, I mean, they'll, they'll put up a bit of a fight, but. Eels, surely something's got to give with the Eels, and they've just got to start playing good footy because you know they they're not missing. Uh, they're missing Junior Paulo, but you know Campbell Gillard's back in. You know Dylan Brown's back in, like you said. Will Smith is in there too, and I think having Dylan Brown in there outside Mitchell Moses is going to give Moses a lot more confidence to be able to you know play some good footy and worry about his own game. So yeah, I think Eels, mate. But that um that wraps up uh, the preview of the next round, mate. So any uh. Any last words? Any any final uh, remarks or anything before we get? No, just the usual. Stay no. frosty. Yeah, yeah. We'll um. Well, for all the listeners out there, we'll um. We'll probably be doing a podcast on Tuesday. This is an origin, uh, you know, special preview. I know this one was a bit late, but we had a couple of things going on during the weekend. Uh, you know, it won't be this late again. But yeah, look, stay frosty. Tell your mums. Uh, you know, <laughs> fucking best looking radio footy podcast duo in. No. Actually, funny, interesting. I say that. There's a. It always reminds me. But there's a. There's two dudes. Um, ice hockey. They're brothers in the NHL. And one. Called, one of the guys called Wayne Gretzky, right? And he's widely regarded as the greatest ice hockey player in the world, like ever. You know, like he. He's like the the Cameron Smith of of ice hockey, and he scored something like 900 goals. Like it's it's ridiculous, man. But his brother was also an ice hockey player, but he wasn't that good. He wasn't anywhere near that good, right? But the way that he introduces himself is he's one half of the greatest brother ice hockey goal scoring duo in history. His brother scored like 900 goals. He scored two, but he claims that <laughs> he claims that he's he's the you know one half of the greatest fucking goal scorer brother you know like pairing in history, and he scored two fucking ice hockey goals, mate. I just love it. I love that as a story. But yeah, apparently that's what he does. And now, uh, uh, Denon Kemp with the um, uh, he's doing a new podcast with Cameron Smith called The Captain's Run. And he said we're the most accomplished NRL uh, like podcast ever. You know, we've won grand finals, we've captained our team and our, and our country. And Camp hasn't done anything, but it's all Cameron Smith's accolades, and he's just he's just taking all the he's taking the piss. But I love him, mate. But well, that's good. Yeah, oh, that's good. Eh? It's good banter. But anyway, mate. Uh, any like obviously you, you had your last final word there, but anything before we you know, nah. cut it off. Enjoy your weekend. All right. Good well, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's um. Have a good week, everyone, and we'll um we'll see you next week.